Good morning, everybody. You know how most people look through their pocketbooks or wallets and down in the bottom somewhere behind baby pictures and credit cards, you usually find a piece of dog-eared poetry. The other day I was cleaning out my wallet and I came across a bunch of IOUs. Some of them were 30 years overdue. Funny thing is, all these IOUs were owed to one person. And I kind of feel like right now might be a good time for an accounting. Mom, are you listening? Mom, I owe you for a lot of services, like night watchman, for instance, for lying awake nights, listening for coughs, cries, creaking boards in the floor, and me coming in too late. You had the eye of an eagle and the roar of a lion, but you always had a heart as big as a house. I owe you for services as a short order cook, chef, baker, for making turkey out of tuna fish, sirloin out of hamburger, and three big old strapping boys out of leftovers. I owe you for cleaning services, for the daily scrubbing of face and ears, all work done by hand, and the frequent dusting of a small boy's pants to try to make sure he led a spotless life. And for laundering and cleaning that no laundry could ever do, for just dying, drying the tears of childhood and ironing out the problems of growing up. I owe you for services as a bodyguard, for protecting me from thunderstorms, nightmares, and too many green apples. I owe you for medical attention, for nursing me through measles, mumps, bruises, bumps, and spring fever. And let's not forget medical advice either. Oh, no. Important things like don't scratch it or it won't get well. Or if you cross your eyes, they're going to stick like that. <laughs> and probably most important of all was be sure you got on clean underwear, boy, in case you're in an accident. <laughs> I owe you for veterinarian services, for feeding every lost dog I dragged home at the end of a rope, and for healing the pain of puppy love. And I owe you for entertainment. Entertainment that kept a household going through some pretty tough times. For wonderful productions at Christmas, Fourth of July, and birthdays. And for making make-believe come true on a very limited budget. I owe you for construction work. For building kites, confidence, hopes, and dreams. And for cementing a family together so it could withstand the worst kinds of shocks and blows. And for laying down a good, strong foundation to build a life on. And I owe you for carrying charges, for carrying me on your books for the necessities of life that a growing boy's just got to have. Things like a pair of high top boots with a little pocket on the side for a jackknife. And one thing, Mom, I'll never forget, when there were four pieces of apple pie and five hungry people, I noticed that you were the one who suddenly decided that you didn't like apple pie in the first place. These are very few of the things for which payment is long overdue. The person that I owe it to worked very cheap. She managed simply by doing without a lot of things that she needed herself. My IOUs hope add up to more than I could ever hope to repay. But you know the nicest thing about it all? I know that she'll mark the entire bill paid in full 
with just one kiss and four little words. Mom, I love you. It's good to be back at Gospel. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers and to all of you grandmothers. And we might even have a few great-grandmothers in here. This is a special day. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of uh, Exodus, rather, start with, if you honor your parents, it'll lead you to a long life. I think there might be some people here who honored their parents. We just met a guy a while ago who said he was older than David. But none of us are old as Methuselah. The way things are today, you may not want to be as old as Methuselah. Just rather go on to that place called heaven and home. Exodus 20, 12, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the earth which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You know that if you honor your parents, it'll go well with thee. That's one thing to live long. It's another thing for it to go well with you while you're living long. But the Bible says in Deuteronomy 5, 16, honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now that's two passages in the Old Testament. When you come to the New Testament and the book of Ephesians, if you'll honor your parents, it's right to do that. The scripture says in chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It also pleases God when we do that. In Colossians chapter 4, and verse 20, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Now, you put all those together, and you do it, you'll get long life, it'll be well with thee, it's right, and it's pleasing to the Lord. I hope you just forgive me for a moment, but I remember my mother. My mother's maiden name was Margaret Henry Snap. I'll tell you in a moment why she was named Henry. I never saw my mother take a drink of alcohol. I never saw my mother smoke a cigarette. I never heard my mother cuss. And I never saw my mother wear a pair of pants. I had a good mother. My mother entered life with a struggle. Now here's where Henry comes in. When my mother was born, she weighed one pound and a half an ounce. A pound and a half, rather. Now, in those days, that's sure death. They didn't have neonatal units in those days. And the doctor held her in his hand, laid her down, thinking she cannot live, and he gave his attention to her mother to try to save her, which he did. And a Dr. Henry walked into the room, saw my mother, blue, probably gasping, he picked her up in his hand, and he began to massage her tummy, blowing her in her face. And uh, she went home, not right then, and uh, slept in a shoebox. My mother obviously made it through that, and because of Dr. Henry, who was there to save her life, my grandmother named her Margaret Henry Snap which was a good tribute to that doctor who 
and there are good doctors. And uh, so she began life with a struggle. Then my mother had a savior. She was 14 years old, a teenager. Teenagers are another part of the complex here. And as a teenager, 14 years old, she was in a revival meeting. And she trusted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. You know, the Bible says you must be born again. And for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I don't know where my mother met my dad that she ended up marrying an unsaved guy, but she did. You know, the Bible tells us that uh, what light hath communion with darkness and Belial with the sons of God and so forth. Uh, you ought not to, ought, save people ought not to date unsaved people. Certainly should not marry them. And I know they say, but pastor, I'm going to win them to Christ. Probably more have not won them to Christ than have won them to Christ. And you could save yourselves a lot of heartache if you marry someone who sort of is in belief like you are. And uh, that probably has a lot of ramifications, you know, uh, what, what does a Baptist and a Catholic have in common? Now, this is not a put down on Catholics or a push up on Baptists. If you marry somebody who sort of believes like you believe, you don't have a lot of hurdles that you have to jump over. But anyway, my mother did marry him, and he started going to church with her. And my dad, some of his buddies started calling him preacher just because he was going to church. And as an unsaved man, he could not take that, and so he quit. He was that way for a number of years. I never heard my dad tell me for the longest time, I love you, son. I think the first time that we ever exchanged that greeting was I said to him, I love you, dad. And I'm not even sure he responded that time, but another time he did. Probably I could count on one hand the times that my dad told me that he loved me. My dad, when I started pastoring in Lexington, he would come to church. And he would come with mother. And a number of times he walked out the door, tears in his eyes. I would like to say, though, that my dad did get saved about six months before he died. But wouldn't it have been a lot better had he gotten saved right after my mother got saved and they could have spent their lives together? But my mother, she had a Savior, and she trusted the Lord. And my mother had the Scriptures. Now, this sounds like a preacher. All these start with S. They're sort of easy to remember. But her first Bible, someone gave it to her. Now, sometimes kids get a Bible when they go to some kind of a children's program or a VBS program. If you memorize so many verses, they'll give you a Bible and so forth. And she had a Bible, and she believed the Bible. Now, if you would have asked my mother, Margaret or Mrs. Strange, would you go to a lady's Sunday school class and give a lesson? She'd probably rather you shoot her than do that. Now, if you want to talk to her one-on-one, she's ready. But to get up in front of people, and there may be some of you like that. I've heard a number of preachers who say, I I took a zero in speech class because I wouldn't get up in front of people. The first time in speech class, uh, your pastor and I went to the same college, and uh, when I got up in that speech class, you had to give your name and uh, that kind of thing. And so I stood there, and my right leg was going about like this. And... uh, That was my first time to get up in front of people like that. And uh, then by the the point is that when you get through with that semester, your legs shouldn't shake so much like that. And uh, but my mother had a Bible and she believed all the Bible. Now, if you would have asked her some pointed question, 
tell me what you believe about such and such, she might would say, well, I just believe it. Though she might not could expound on it or explain it. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people, you don't know everything when you get saved. Matter of fact, there's a lot of things you never heard of before you got saved. But when you hear it, after you get saved, when you hear Bible truth, you will believe it. Probably you never heard of the virgin birth before you got saved. And, uh, but you'd heard of Jesus, who was virgin born, and you trusted him as your Savior, as I did. You know, two days ago, I had my 59th spiritual birthday. On May the 7th, 1962, I was born again while serving in the United States Navy. Changed my life. And uh, so when you hear Bible truth after you get saved, you will believe it. And my mother believed all of the Bible. She may not have said, well, let me tell you the books of the Bible. Genesis through Malachi, Matthew through Revelation. But she believed all that. You do too, don't you? You know, you go to a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and uh, we want to transfer that from Bible-believing, Bible-preaching to Bible-living church. It only works when you live it. It has to be mixed with faith, and faith without works is dead, the Scripture says. My mother had the Scriptures. She loved the Scriptures. And then my mother had a sanctuary. My recollection of going to church was as a little kid. I had a sister older than I was. I buried her just a couple, three, four weeks ago. She was a year and two months older than I was. She got fireworks on her birthday. So what day do you think she was born? July the 4th. And uh, then there was me, then I had a brother, and then another brother. And I remember our mother taking us to church. We lived in Winchester, Kentucky. For the longest time, the population said, Winchester, Kentucky, population 10,400. The other day, I saw it was up to 18,000. We were growing. And uh, my mother used to sometimes, sometimes, our dad would drive us to church, drop us off, and we'd walk home. Sometimes we walked to church and walked from church. We lived on one side of town, and the church was on the other side of town. Now, I already told you how big the town was. It wasn't like Fort Myers or Tampa or Orlando. And uh, so we would walk to church. And I have... I have good memories of us walking to church, playing around a little bit as boys will do, and sometimes on the way home after church, stopping at an ice cream place and having an ice cream. Those were sort of treats back in those days. It wasn't like today that you got those kinds of things all the time. But my mother believed in church. And uh, I think ever since she got saved, she was always faithful to church. She supported her church with her attendance. She tithed to her church. You know, if you tithe, does God promise to bless you? I'll tell you just a little aside. This doesn't mean anything to you, but it sure was a, a surprise and a blessed surprise to my sister and my two brothers. When my mother died, they had a house. Now, had it not been for my sister, they wouldn't have had that house. She paid the down payment for them years ago. And then they had it paid off when dad and mom both passed away. Dad passed away first, then my mother. But here is what we did not know. We received a notice that our mother, over the years, had put aside where she worked. She worked at Sylvania. 
she put aside just a little money in a place. None of us kids knew about that. I don't think our dad knew about that. Our mother knew about that. And she wanted to leave us something. And now, this was back a number of years ago. We received a notice that our mother had $40,000 in an account. Now, you know, for you sitting in uh, where you're sitting today and how God has blessed you, that doesn't mean a whole lot. But for folks who grew up basically who didn't have anything, that was such a blessing. That our mother had put aside $40,000. And I remember things were pretty tough when we were growing up. And I think that's probably because she was a giver. You know, the Bible says, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. And uh, when, you, when you tithe, God says, if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. And then he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes uh, when you are a giver. So mother had a sanctuary. She had a church. Mother also had a song. I remember my mother, my mother worked at Sylvania, as I told you. When we would go to school, we'd come home, and uh, after basketball practice for me, when we would go in, and mother would be in the kitchen. Now, my mother, I hope I'm not boring you here. My mother loved bologna sandwiches. My daddy would eat turtle, rabbit, squirrel, pheasant, any, anything he'd shoot to eat, he'd bring it home, clean it, and mother would cook it. And was very good. She never ate it, never touched it. Daddy's brothers would say, Margaret, this is delicious. And she'd be standing there eating a bologna sandwich. And she would fix him and fix us, whatever, and eat a bologna sandwich. But here was the point. I remember mother standing at that stove after she worked all day. My recollection is that my mother who started out at a pound and a half, was uh, somewhat on the heavier side. And so working at Sylvania, she would stand on her feet on concrete, and her feet would sometimes just break open and bleed. And as a kid, I used to think, I wish I could do something. My mother wouldn't have to work. But she'd be standing there, no doubt hurting, worked all day, and she's singing. She loved singing. She loved good singing at church. She loved singing herself. Uh, now, they didn't have the Christian TV stations and radio stations and the uh, iPads, iPods, and all the little things that you can have today. Even your phone, you can pull up and have, you can have music all day long if you want it. They didn't have that back in those days. And uh, she didn't have a cell phone anyway. But she just loved gospel music. She just loved music. She had a song. You know, the, if you can't read the Psalms without having a thought about sing praises to God, sing praises to the king, sing praises. You remember the verse has four times sing praises, sing praises, sing praises, sing praises to it? Uh, God's people, he brought me up out of a miry clay. And he set my feet up on a solid rock. He established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. And many shall see it in fear and turn to the Lord. Mother just had a song. She didn't appear to be a, a down in the dumps, poor me, woe is me kind of person. She had a song. Then mother had a supplication. I told you this sounds so preachery. S, 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 S. 
And, and some of you might be wanting to say, SOS, save our ship, get us out of here right now. So she had a supplication. I heard my mother pray, and here's the way she prayed. She didn't pray out loud. She said, Now, if you got close, you, could, you knew she was doing something. She's talking to the Lord, and she, Now, I wasn't saying anything out loud then because that wasn't, she didn't say anything out loud, but, but she prayed. You know, I don't care whether you say it in your heart or you whisper it or you scream it. As long as you pray to the Father and pray in Jesus' name and you want God to hear your prayer and you don't want to regard iniquity in your heart, he won't hear your prayer uh, so that you might get what you want from God. So she, she had a supplication. I would not say that my mother was a prayer warrior. I know that my mother made a difference, and uh, I'll, I'll give this last S with her. She had a servant's heart. If you were in the hospital and you went to her church, she'd probably come visit you. Maybe if you needed a little something for a dinner meal or something, or whatever, she might cook something for you. Mother in her church was a hugger. And uh, people said, I'm going to miss her hugs. The night we were having the viewing at our church, or at the funeral home in my hometown, and I was pastoring down here. <clears throat> While we were there, my sister and I, the two brothers didn't stand with us, but my sister and I stood at the casket, and people were lined up in the Scobie funeral home in Win Winchester, Kentucky, down the Scobie funeral home hallway, out the door, down the street. One of my preacher friends was just passing by. He thought, I'm going to go stop and see uh, Brother Strange's mother. And he said, I couldn't believe it when I got there and saw people down the street. Now, here's a lady who would never get up in front of people, all those kinds of things. But she was, in, she was known in the bank and, the, and in the church as Granny Margaret. Granny Margaret. Before my, my father passed away, mother didn't travel because dad didn't travel. He'd come down. He said, I'm going to come down and spend a couple weeks. Well, after about five or six days, he said, i got to go home. I said, Dad, you just got here. He said, i got to go feed them dogs. That used to be my job back in those days a little bit. And uh, I don't think he had to go back and feed those dogs. He wouldn't have left them there that long. But uh, in his mind, he, wouldn't, he just wasn't a traveler. But when he passed away, my mother's traveling side came out. If you said to her, Margaret, would you like to go? Yes. <laughs> you didn't even have to say where you wanted to go. She was going to go. She would get in those travel things where you get on a bus in Winchester, Kentucky, and go out here to there and so forth. She was just one of those ladies who had a servant's heart. While I was standing at that casket, a man came by, and we thanked him for coming to view our mother. And uh, he said, you know, I worked next to Margaret at Sylvania for 30 years. And she was a godly woman. I said, excuse me, sir. You worked with my mother for 30 years? Yes. And you thought she was a godly woman? Yes. I said, if you work beside somebody for 30 years and you think they are a godly person, there just might be a chance that they were a godly person. 
I said, sir, I'm going to use that tomorrow when I preach my mother's funeral. My mother went to be with the Lord a number of years ago, but she left her influence on my life. Now, not everybody likes Mother's Day. Some people, uh, they didn't get along with their parents, or they were adopted, or they were mistreated, or they were abused. And, uh, you know, we had people at Winkler used to say, I, I don't really care for Mother's Day because they did not have a good situation with their mother. And that's always a shame. And uh, if, if moms and dads only knew what they do to their children. You know, I read just a few months ago, Mr. Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A's book on it's easier to succeed than fail. And he was a 13-year-old Sunday school teacher for boys. And he said, I have taught boys for years, and I have uh, talked to teenagers for years as well. And he said, I asked them one question. If you could change anything in your life or in your family, what would you change? The number one answer. Number one. I would change. I'd tell my parents, please stop arguing. You know, that could be a quick fix to stop arguing. Not everybody has a good mother, but if you have <clears throat> had a good mother, thank the Lord for a memory if she's with the Lord. If she's not with the Lord, give her a call today and tell her that you love her. Now, the wife of uh, my wife, the mother of my children, is here today. And uh, Proverbs 31, uh, the scripture says that her husband praiseth her. So I praise you, Judy, for being a faithful lady in the house of God. I never had to beg Judy to go to church. And then the Bible says that her children arise up and call her blessing. We have three daughters and one boy. And the boy came by yesterday, left some flowers for his mother. And he left um, a card with some cash in it. And he left a little button. You can see it on Miss Judy's address back there that said number one son. I love my number one son. <laughs> and he had a little note. I expect you to wear that tomorrow. So she's got it on. You know, you were so kind to indulge me in doing what I did today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for a good mother. And today's Mother's Day. May we Honor our mother or her memory. And I pray that you would bless Pastor Bill as he preaches in a few moments. Lord, what a blessing it is after his surgery and COVID to be up here and to be preaching today. May he preach with unusual liberty and great power. Speak to our hearts. And may we leave here today saying, it was good to have been in the house of the Lord today. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Christ's name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.